Welcome to the 51st edition of the Wolves Win Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and tonight I'm joined by Matt. Hello, everyone. And Tom. Hi, everyone. Uh, and this is our sort of first of our sort of two sort of end of season reviews of look forward to next season. Um, this one's going to look at sort of the playing side of the, the, the team, and the next one look at sort of the off the pitch, backfield, back, yeah, back, back house, back of the house type stuff. Um, but first of all, a bit of news uh, and bits and pieces to be aware of. Obviously, we had the playoff final on twentieth of May, which Watford got promoted. So, Tom, immediate sort of reaction to the fact we're going to have Forest still with us next season. Yeah, I was hoping that they'd piss off to the championship. To be honest with you, um, you know, it's going to make it harder next season. Um, you know, with Forest still there, you know, with Burnley as well, they're going to be there. And then you've got Newcastle, who's, who they're probably going to throw money at it. So I'd, I'd prefer them to have got promoted. And then it'll be a, probably a straight shoot between us and Burnley. But obviously, they're there. And it's quite yet to be seen whether they, um, what they do now, whether they invest more next season, whether they put more money into it. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I just want them gone. I wanted them gone, but not to be. Yeah, as, as Tom says, Matt, next season's going to be really challenging with three teams all battling for automatic promotion to the next to the championship plus Newcastle. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, at, at least three or four teams, isn't it? You know, we the, occasionally there's one or two that spring a surprise in there as well. Yeah, we, we, we're desperate for Forest to lose a game for months, weren't we? And then the one time we wanted them to win a game, they uh, they ended up uh, they ended up losing. So, uh, it's it's. It, it's a difficult one, really. Uh, we're all desperate to get to the championship, but if there's one little consolation from it, at least it means that the league that we're in is going to carry on being exciting. You know, it was an exciting uh, season this year, and it's going to prove to be again next year as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and we'll obviously. Uh, it means we can keep on enjoying the banter with Chris Gadsby as well, and on his show, because I'm sure he'll uh, he'll enjoy reminding us about the about winning the league this season for a little while. Um, moving on to sort of other news, um, we had our Wolves Women Podcast Player of the Season vote, and with fifty percent of the vote, there was only one winner, Beth Merrick. Uh, Tom, your views on Beth in this season, please. Yeah, Beth's been great, hasn't she? Um, you know, she's really stepped up to the mark when we needed her. Um, you know, obviously with the injury to Amber and we needed other players around her, especially in that, that forward area to step up and, and get goals and, and, and she has done that and congratulations to her. Yeah, Matt, she's been absolutely outstanding, hasn't she? I know you've you've raved about her quite a bit on the pod. Yeah, she hit the ground running right from the start this season, didn't she? After taking a little bit of time to settle in um, at the start of last season, so... And like Tom said, we needed that with with missing Amber, you know, not like for like composition, but in terms of that attacking intent and getting us up the pitch and creating those chances, you know, we, we needed that. And Beth and Destiny up there and, and then Jade later in the season really helped. But yeah, um, it, it, it's nice as well because I think sometimes these awards, especially official awards, as I'm not taken away from from any of those that have won the awards there, but sometimes people can just go, ah, that player, I, that's the most recognisable player that I know from Wolves. So it's it's quite nice then that, um, somebody else can win it instead of just going for the same name. Yeah, which which nicely takes on to the official awards. Um, so so the awards official awards players player award. Um, which actually, I mean, certainly from my views as a coach, is the one that I think a lot of the players actually care a lot about. Um, because it's come from within the dressing room, was won by Anna Morfit. Um, so you know, obviously being Colossus at the back there for us and put away plenty of goals as well, uh, as we discussed last uh, last pod. Um, fans player uh, Tammy and goal of the season was Tammy as well for with her goal against Northampton um, Matt immediate sort of views on those three I mean obviously sort of picking up probably on the point you've already just made yeah yeah I, I can't take the awards away from anyone I mean personally I voted for, for Beth Merrick on that one and they're all three names aren't you that you can't say mm. you're not shocked you know what I mean if Tammy wins it you go yeah fair play and if Mulfit wins it you go fair play and then same for Beth there so and there might be one or two other candidates in there too. So, um, yeah, I think all of them are, are kind of justified. And like you said there, I, I think they've probably tried to do that with the players' player. They don't just want to go for the the classic name that everybody knows. You know, they try to think of who's who's maybe the unsung hero, and and, and Animorphic definitely is. You know, changing the formation, but still slotting in seamlessly there in a, in a back two centre backs, a back two centre back. So she's she's done really well in that sense. And. Um, we've got her as a burst tile left back as well. So, yeah, well done, Anna. Well done, Tammy, for your award. Tom, anything else to add on that? 
Yeah, I'll just echo um, what Matt has, has just said. I think, you know, she has been a morph has been the Hunsung hero. Um, you know, she's really stepped up this season as well, improved. And she's improved over the last few years, and you've seen it. And this year, she's chipped in the goals as well. So, yeah, and Tammy, you know, we all know what, what Tammy does and what Tammy brings to the team. So, yeah, um, congratulations to everyone who won awards. Yeah, no, 100% congratulations to Beth, Tammy, and more for all their awards from all of us. Um, so moving on to the, sort of the main part of this pod. Um, so what we're going to sort of look at is each sort of group of players, so goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. Um, obviously, some players can and and talk about we'll talk about those. And obviously, some players can play a couple of roles. So we'll probably look at where they most frequently are used. So um, taking sort of Perks as the prime example on this one. She's, you know, she we know she can play central midfield, but she's all been playing central defender or coming on as a central defender this season. So she would back, you know, bracket her in there. Um, so that's sort of what we look at. I mean, obviously, something to bear in mind is that Maka commented after, after the, the County Cup final, um, it was reported by the Express and Star that he was looking forward to next season already. We've got deals to get over the line and players we want to bring in. The group is strong, but we want to add to it. So I think one of the things we'll we'll be seeing is some churn of players, which will be interesting to see. Um, especially as and I'll get your views on this, guys. The women's national league has a minimum requirement for next season for tier three clubs to be training at least three times a week. Um, what's your immediate sort of views on that sort of requirement, uh, Matt? Go for it, start with yourself. Yeah, I quite like it. I know it's going to present difficulties in the sense of the players for the most part talking about all the clubs in general here in tier three, you know, for the most part aren't paid. So it, it presents difficulties with that in terms of work and whatnot, but in terms of quality of the league and making that league, it, it sounds like they're almost trying to get the national league or especially tier three to become a semi-pro league in the same way that champions league long-term. And as much as we're desperate, desperate to get promoted into the championship, if, if we see that tier three slowly, but surely becomes a, a semi-pro league as well, then that's only going to be brilliant too. Um, and I, I guess that's the direction they're going in with, with the requirement to go there. They want to improve the quality of that because we maybe see it from the top half, but not so much the bottom half of teams um, within probably both the North and the South League. So it's hopefully it will be, at the very least make the bottom half teams kind of improve their quality too to to match up with. And if they've got to train three times a week, it's the same kind of players you're getting on board to, to go with that mindset, haven't you? Yeah, no, definitely. Tom, uh, uh, anything else to add? Yeah, again, I echo um, what what Matt has said. Um, you know, it's a step in the right direction um, for Tier 3. I think, you know, we're trying to close the gap between Tier 3 and the Championship. And I think, you know, by training three times a week, I know, you know it might affect um, some players um, with work. But ultimately, you know, it's going to improve the league. And you, you'll probably see the gap as well between the bottom end to the top end um, get lower as well. So. Yeah, uh, and it's, therefore it's one thing that's worth noting is that whilst you know some of these players, whilst we you know talk about them and rave about them, might find that they have to for that work commitment step away. We've already heard one or two uh, rumours of players who might well be leaving because of their work commitments they can't just do you know their shift workers and things like that they can't commit to to three times a week. So I think fans need to just bear with the club. It might well not be a club decision; it might well be a personal decision on that one for work balance commitments, etc. One thing, guys, I'd like your views on. I mean, whilst obviously no players can be registered until July, there's been no, officially no announcement yet of any anyone who has left the club or is going to be leaving the club or anything like that. Uh, Tom, Tom's from the club at this time of year. It's always a bit patchy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we had it last year, didn't we? Where you know there wasn't a retained um, list released at all, and I think for the fans. Um, you know, it's a bit deceiving, is it? You know, you want you want to see who's there, you want to see who's retained, and you know, because we want to ultimately challenge for the league again, and we want to know who's there and who's not. And you know, for all we know, you know, we could be losing some of our best players, and we won't know about it until the first game of the season, when you know you you get that team sheet on the back of the program. So yeah, we want more communication, ideally, um, from the club, um, just for the fans to to keep the fans happy, really, and. Now it needs it. It needs to step in that direction. I think, and we can go back to what we were talking about the other week, where you know you get a dedicated media 
media officer or media person like Megan, if they want to hire or something like that. We need it now because we need to get forward. And if you want to go into this semi-professional, professional model, then you need to look at the backroom staff as well. Yeah, Matt, I mean, obviously, as I said, we'll touch on the sort of the backroom stuff, but that comms piece is one for something that they do need to to improve on, isn't it? Certainly during the close season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if we've signed a player, then you want it to be announced, don't you? Not wait a month or whatever it might be um, for it for it to for it to come through. We we I think we always joke, don't we, um, on the day of a game if we're aware that a player's been signed or there's a strong rumour a player's been signed that we it's going to be half past one and they're going to be pictured on the seats at Telford with a shirt on uh, half an hour before kickoff. So hopefully it won't come to that. You know, if they've signed on the first of July, hopefully we're not going to wait until the fifteenth of August or whatever it would be for to know about it because they're you know we've we're three guys here doing a podcast about the team, you know. So there's 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 plenty of fans who want to who want to follow the Wolves transfer news, whether it's both men and women. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, let's dive into it. Um, starting at the very back, goalkeepers. Obviously, sort of, we had uh, Shan Beck and Nina for well for most of the season, or split over the, sort of Shan and Beck for the first half, and then Nina joined them. Um, guys. Two or three goalkeeper first team goalkeepers. Um, Tom, what's your views? Do we need two or do we want three first team goalkeepers? I don't think we need three. I think you know, I think we've got Shan, who's excellent. You know, just got called up to a Northern Ireland team, and you've got Beck Thomas, who you know has stepped in last season and pulled off some amazing performances as well. So I just don't see what what we used to having three goalkeepers in first team goalkeepers in the squad at all. Or when we signed Nina, I thought it was a a strange signing, um, to be honest. And obviously, you know, we've seen him the first couple of games and we didn't see him again after that, did we? So, um, no, I'm, I think, you know, we're signing with two. If, if obviously, um, we keep Shannon Beck, if they stay, then obviously if one of them goes, then obviously we need to sign somebody, but two, two will do. Yeah, I mean, with Matt, with Shan pushing for herself for international football, could she look to move to, to somebody else to, to get a more high profile? Or is she getting that profile recognition here at Wolves? Well, you could argue she is because she's she's getting into that Northern Ireland squad. And, um, you know, it's as much as we'll be biased about it, it's hard to it's hard to recommend it to be number one when we know, you know, the, the quality of players they can, they can attract there. And I think it's um, Burns, isn't it? Well, was a WSL player, obviously with Reading. Um, so it's 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 going in that it's going in that direction anyway that she's getting the recognition she might feel personally. It all depends on what her ambitions are, isn't it, as a player, and whether it's about competing at the highest level or whether, like some players, she's quite happy staying in tier three. It's it's going to come down to that really. Um, but but going on that point about whether the two or three, I think because we're not restricted by a classic transfer window in terms of the deadlines anyway. You know, the, the only way we need three really is if. Um, there were injury crisis, and I'm sure we'd be able to pick somebody up of, of decent enough quality if we were to face that. Yeah, talking about players of decent quality, obviously we had Poppy Irvine at the club last season who was out on loan at Lincoln. Um, she had a really good loan spell out there. I know she was praised heavily by Lincoln, um, but she is departing the, the club. Um, as we understand it, she's off to the Blues Academy. Um, yeah, they, they're with their sort of official academy status, they're able to offer a package that's better suited, you know, you know, offer more than what Wolves can do at this moment in time, which, you know, is a shame for for us. But I think it's a good, good move for her, and realistically. I think that comes to your point, though, isn't it, Matt, is if we did suddenly find ourselves short of a keeper, we've got a good relationship there that we can look to bring her in on emergency loan if we need to, to, to find that backup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you've got those relationships um, and you've got former players there, you know, with the, with the connections, it's it's easy to bring somebody like that in, especially if she's going to Blues and, and, and trying to make a name for herself there while gradually, you know, getting older and developing and hoping one day to make the first team there. You know, there's going to be those chances in, in the lower leagues with us that, that she might get. No, 100%. Um, so I think realistically, you know, Bar maybe the odd sort of youngster coming in and around, knocking in and around the sort of the, the first team squad as a, on sort of to help with the warm up. We don't see much change realistically. Shannon Beck and and keep going, isn't it? That, that, so we're comfortable there in the goal. Um, looking at the defenders, um, I think I mean we'll look sort of more specifically about the formation, sort of the back end of this 
pod, but I presume we're, we're happy with sort of we want to have that ability to play three or four at the back throughout the season, you know, be able to switch between the two, Tom. Yeah, um, I think that's what Maka wants to do. Um, you know, we brought in Beth Roberts to the four, but he can also, you know, if things aren't happening in the game and, you know, he can also switch it around and put three at the back. So, yeah, I think his main objective will be to start with the four at the back and then, obviously, if need be, he can can switch it around and if things ain't working you can make adaptions to it so on that basis we've got beth roberts um we've got naomi we've got morph we've got emma cross kelly darby perks and Rhea elsmore and i'm assuming for this basis that kj is playing in midfield um we've got a lot of centre-backs there, haven't we? We've got sort of f- about five or six centre-backs to go into sort of two positions, Matt, haven't we? That's a lot f- of competition. It's a lot, but but like you said, I think, uh, I agree with Tom, I think back four is going to be the default, but you've mm. got to, you've got to be prepared to move to that back three in certain games when, when the situation allows. Um, I think, I think the good thing to point out there is that for a little bit of while in January and February, when we moved to the back four, we were lacking that quality and consistency with the players. It, Almost felt a bit like Wolves men when they were trying to go from a back three to a four, and the, the players didn't necessarily suit it. And obviously, bringing in Beth Roberts and Naomi especially has has allowed us to do that. Um, so I, I think you've got it quite set. You've got three of those four that are quite settled there. Um, with Beth Roberts left back too, but in terms of the amount of centre backs, uh, there's two or three players there that haven't really played much for us. So there's I'd question maybe their futures. You know, I know they've been in there and they've been in the. They've still been in the setups and been there on match day, but haven't really played for, for for one reason or another. So, if if a couple of those were to depart, then you're talking about people like KJ that might be used in a more versatile way, uh, a centre back or centre midfielder, and and then it's whether they bring anybody else in as well, more as depth position really. But it, I think he's, he's he's clearly trying to go, which which I'm happy about because I'm I'm a traditionalist when it comes to centre backs. He's trying to go with your your taller, more physical centre backs, and you know we're seeing that now with 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 Morf and Naomi there and. I think that's the way forward when you're playing a back four. No, hundred percent. Um, so I mean, so as you said, or as Matt said there, Tom, we've got Beth out on the left, Morph, and then Naomi, and then there's that sort of question mark there about the right back, isn't there? Obviously, Emma Cross has been covering that role. We've had Jade in that right role. Do we need a dedicated right back? So a Beth Roberts, but for the right back position, or or have we got enough cover there with Emma being able to cover that role? Yeah, I think we need to bring in a right back. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see Jade there. I think Jade's more suited further up the field in the front areas. And you want competition um, to push Emma as well. So if you bring a dedicated right back in as well, so there's two players going head-to-head for that role, you always want competition. It's healthy. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably look at that area and say, yeah, strengthen a little bit at, at right back. I, I'm going to put a name out here now, Matt, and it's going to be out there. Lily Simkin, she's just been released by Blues. She can play right back or right centre back. She's local. With we're be wanting to be competitive, that's the sort of player we want to get in, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, and she's quite a physical player as well. And it's it, if you can convince somebody like that to drop down, then you you're talking in the same way of where we've seen the Burnley and Forest and teams like that manage to convince players of a similar ilk. And that's the kind of ambition we we want to be showing. Um, if you to get somebody like that or we, we most importantly, regardless of the name, we need somebody like Beth Roberts on that right. Mm-hmm. It's you know we can't be sentimental and, and I love Jade and Emma, but Jade's a striker. She's not a right back. Emma, I think, is doing actually. I actually think Emma did better than Jade at right back at times, and I'd, I'd have her as the number two right back, without a doubt. You know, when when the first choice right back who has not been signed yet um, is isn't available for whatever reason. But yeah, we need somebody of that quality on that right-hand side, because a lot of our play comes through the left when it's successful and we're not seeing it on the right. And if we want to be ambitious and get to the championship, then we've got to address that as a priority. Um, Moving on, sort of looking more in details of some of those players in around the the, the centre-back position, I think there's sort of the one that's standing out there as question marks over, um, I want to say future, that sounds like sort of questioning her her commitment or anything like that, which we're not. But Perks is getting, you know, it, we saw the questions being asked by Megan early on in the or back end of this season. Do you, I mean, being really brutal, do we think Perks is, is going to retire this season at the end of this season, or do you think we're going to see her continuing next season? 
Matt or Tom, one of you, jump in. I think I think she's going to stay. Mm. Um, I think that if she was going to retire, I think it would have been announced, and I think she would have said farewell at and got a farewell at Molyneux um, after the County Cup. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see why they would have waited till after the season and say that she's retiring, unless that was it, unless that was her choice. But um, now I think that I think that she's staying. Um, I think she's going to give another season and. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, and and this, I I agree. I think they'd have announced it in advance of the Molyneux game, so they could have gave her a, a guard of honour and everything like that. Um, mm. and, and quite rightly, you know, give him a service to the club. Um, okay. I think there's still a play there, so you know, it's not that I think anybody's then mm. desperate for it to go. You know, in terms of her positioning and a threat from set pieces, you know, you've still got a, a solid play there, and obviously a leadership skills as well as as club captain. Um, I think the concern comes from. You've got a lot more pacey players now in, in Tier 3, and we're talking about the quality of Tier 3 getting better. In. When teams kind of play those long balls and quick, pacey players running in off behind off the last centre-back off the shoulder, that's that's her weakness. And I think we saw that two or three times where she was a little bit exposed like that these days. So um, there's certain games, I think, when teams don't play like that, where she, looks, she can still look formidable, and other games where she can look quite exposed. So... As a depth player, you know, we're talking about two or three centre-backs that haven't played for a while that there's made questions over their future, then I've not got a problem with her being depth in that position and, and, and keeping that leadership around the club. But otherwise, I think um, if, we, if we've been ruthless and want to be ambitious to go up there, we we, we need to upgrade there. Yeah, And the other two, obviously, are Kelly Darby and Rhea, who are at Rhea Osmore, who've not been in and around for various reasons. Kelly's been quite injured for, or been injured for quite a bit this season and Rhea, I know, has commitments at work that do restrict her availability. I think, you know, certainly Kelly, you would expect she'll want to be starting games, won't she, Tom? She'll want to be playing regular football Um, and if she's not going to be guaranteed that she might well look to move on and that's simply because she wants that commitment, wants that first team football. Yeah, you know, playing careers are short, aren't they? Mm. Um, so you know, I think that you want to get game time, and I think she's at the stage of her career now where you know she needs to get it. And I, I don't know whether she'll get it at Wolves. Um, you know, she's been very unlucky because you know, if he says last year, um, last season, she was probably our number one centre back in the squad, mm. um, to be picked. Um, but then she put up them injuries, she come back, and then she got injured at Compton, didn't she? Went off and. Yeah, so injuries have kind of blighted her this season. Um, so maybe I think we could actually lose her. I think that she she will want first team football, but hopefully she stays because you know she is a good cover in that situation. If you get an injury, you know, she's a brilliant player to bring on. But yeah, I think that she I think that she will want first team football, and I think we're gonna have to lose her. I think. Yeah. A real shame because, as I say, absolute rock at the back of there last, oh, you know, season before our first season in tier three. Um, Matt Hannah Sparks is a name that's been mentioned previously by Macca. We've seen her in and around the first team squad for county cup games. She's been rocking the sort of the, the for the reserves. If I remember rightly, she's captain at the reserves or certainly has been captain for games in the reserves. I, what are your views on sort of her getting a loan move out to to sort of get get her some more first team experience, probably you know tier four experience? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to pretend I know a million facts about her, um, but I, I imagine Mac would want to look at all the players in pre season there. But again, going back to I think about being ambitious. If we're if a player is good enough to promote from within there, a young player from the reserves, whether it's his depth or I'd, I'd personally rather the depth come from signing players like Naomi, mm. the best players from other teams. And then if that pushes other people down the pecking order and potentially out of the club then, because the, the depth is so strong, then I'd rather it come through that way than them saying, all right, let's let's fill a gap through just promoting a reserve. But again, without pretending to know everything about players like Hannah Sparks, if, if she's of the required quality, then obviously that's a different story, isn't it? But yeah, I'd, I'd personally rather see that established depth coming now to take us, just give us that little edge and that applies for any position really. And then if that means that players like Hannah Sparks, I know we'll talk about later on, Sky Owen, Grace Gregory, now, if they go out alone, then then that um, that will give them that experience that we've seen for for a few players in tier four this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll mention, we'll talk about the likes of Sky in a, sec- in a bit, but we obviously saw Tom, didn't we, last, that KJ really benefited from that season out at loan on, out on loan at Leafield. And I think, I do wonder whether that will be something that Hannah needs, you know, sort of, no disrespect to the reserve league, but 
it can be a bit sort of um yeah, bit bit soft at times, but you know, when she needs to actually play against you know, rather than playing girls against girls, play against women and to strengthen up, especially in that central defensive role. Your views, Tom? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, we spoke before about, you know, reserve football can only do so much for a player. Um, you know, I've been that experience and you know, KJ has done fantastic comeback at the back end of, of the last season and, and and really settled into the team and she looked like she'd been there all season. So, um, yeah, alone for, for Hannah Sparks would, would, would do her amazing, um, you know, coming up against first-team oppositions and not academy um, football. And she'll learn so much in Tier 4 as well, um, what you don't learn in, in reserve football. So I'm all for it. You know, give her a chance let's see what she does, whether it's Leafield or Kausa or somebody like that and see how she does in that league. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that sort of tier four experience is going to be key for some of our, our youngsters. Um, well, that brings us sort of halfway through sort of the the the, the squad there. Sort of, um, so we'll be back after the break, um, where we'll go through the midfielders, forwards, and sort of to pitch up a little bit more on the the reserves. So see you all after the break. Welcome back to this edition of the Wolves Women podcast. Um, we'll dive straight into midfielders, um, guys. Obviously, sort of the key sort of midfielders we've had this season: H, Summer, Tammy, KJ, Coops, Dicko, Grace Gregory, and Josie Smith. I mean, obviously, we can sort of flick between sort of a two and a three midfield. You know, obviously, we mainly play sort of H, Summer, and Tammy. Um, with Grace Gregory and Josie Smith sort of being sort of on the, the fringes of the team, have we got enough depth there with KJ Coops and Dicko as our main subs and sort of replacement players? Uh, Tom, what's your thoughts? I think there's enough depth, yeah. Um, but I would like to add to the midfield. I think that, you know, other teams will want to um, add as well to their team and I don't think we, we want to stay still. Um, in a way, you know, you always want to add that bit of quality, and, and if the right player comes along or comes available, I think Maka will, will want to add to it and and push forward. I think you know because if you lose one of Tammy or or Summer to injury or, or something, then you know you're going to need to. Although Coops has really stepped up to the mark as well, you always want that competition in there. So for me, I'd probably bring in an extra somebody just to keep the competition going. Matt, obviously, we all want Millie Ravening to be signed off Burnley. Um, not don't necessarily uh, see that happening, but you, do you agree more competition needed? Yeah, potentially. I, I think it goes back to the point I said earlier about if you can sign quality, and that means other players then get pushed down and potentially out of the team if we're being ruthless, mm-hmm. then um, th- th- then that's something that needs to happen. You know, if I, I think if you look at the two kind of base midfielders, your deeper ones, you know, you think of Summer and H. Your backups then are Coops and KJ. That's that's probably okay then if you're talking two two players for each position. Um, and 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 like Tom said, Coops has really stepped up. I think we see KJ more in a natural role this year and just kind of covering at, at fullback or, or centre back if we really needed to. Um, I think it's the Tammy. You know, again, if we've been quite ruthless, I think there's probably a drop off, a big drop off there when we go um, with Tammy to Dicko, and it's. I think it's it. You can see it when Tammy was suspended, and we had that Burnley away game. And instead of starting Dicko, actually decided to play two strikers instead mm. in Jade Lamber. So I thought that was quite damning, um, if, if we're being quite honest there. So um, Josie Smith, we've not really seen much of, so it's hard to comment there. You know, you'd like to think she's got a lot of potential with her coming from a, a WSL side and, and and hoping to break through there. So. Um, Obviously, Mac is going to have seen her in training, so it's more a case of easy of the required quality from what he can see to get in. In which case, she probably would have broke through in our team. I know she's had a few niggling injuries, but and then Grace Gregory was a strange one, wasn't she? She got the she was announced as which was quite a rare thing. She was announced as being promoted into the first team, and then we saw. I'm not sure she then played a single minute for us, apart from maybe a county cup game or two. Yeah, it, it, it can, yeah, it is that strange one, isn't it? I mean, just with Josie Smith, Maka, I remember rightly when Maka signed, when we signed them, Josie and Nina, and I can't remember which one it was. 
I think Maka commented, I think it was Nina, because it was all about that question about having three goalkeepers. It was that sort of, we only want to sign players who, you know, who will only sign players in on loan who we think we want to sign permanently. Or words to that effect. I'm probably paraphrasing it badly there, but that was what he was getting, seemed to be getting at. Um, and whilst like yourself, Matt, not seeing enough of whenever she's come on, she has been bright, Josie, but we're not seeing enough of her really to see, see whether, um, see whether we would sign her permanently. Tom, you know, what's your view on Josie? Sign her permanently or, or do you expect her to go back to Everton and we'll maybe see her alone in somewhere else? I'm not sure because again, we, I can't really comment because we haven't seen much of her. Um, but I presume that obviously Macca's decision is already, ma- already made up. Mm. Um, obviously, he sees a week in, week out in training. Um, so I presume that obviously that decision's already made whether she's going to stay or go. But yeah, I, I just, it's not, not another odd one, wasn't it? You know, just to not, to bring somebody in like that from a WSL team and not have game time. I mean, yeah, I just don't really get it, but you know, maybe he wants to bring her in permanently. Who knows? It's Macca's decision, isn't it? But we ain't seen much of her to, to really comment on here. No, no, it's, a, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Uh, and yeah, Grace Gregory, you're right, Matt. I think, yeah, big fanfare about her becoming a, a first-team play, squad player um, and then never played, or uh, bar maybe the old County Cup appearance. And I don't know whether it's... I don't think it's injury because I think if you remember right, she's been playing regularly for the reserves um, and scoring goals. And maybe that's simply because the reserves have been short of players and therefore um, we, and we've not been short of players. Therefore she's been playing, you know, the first team haven't been short of players and therefore she's been playing in that sort of getting the game time still. But it is a, as you said, it is an odd one. Um, Big question for you both. Do you think we will lose Tammy this close season? I mean, she's obviously ripped it up again this season, even with a broken wrist and, and suspension last couple of games. She's still been one of the players of the season. Um, you know, named in the since 71 squad of the season. Um, could we see her moving? Could could she go to Blues, perhaps? Tom? I hope not. Um, you know, I think that she's one that we have to keep. You know, I think the club have got to do everything they can to persuade her to, to stay. Um, because, as you said, there's going to be teams around her in the Championship who are going to be sniffing around her this summer who, who will want to poach her away. So she's crucial to our midfield. You know, at times, you know, she drives that midfield forward. So, you know, she's going to be an odd... At the end of the day, she's going to be a hard player to replace. Um, you know, because she don't get that quality. She don't see it much around unless you know you go to the level, higher levels of the championship or, or WSL. So, yeah, I hope we keep her. I hope the club do everything they can to, to persuade her to stay because she's crucial to to us next season. Matt, I actually think we we could have been more likely to lose her last year when Blues looked a little bit more of a mess than they're in right now. Mm. Uh, obviously, having just got relegated from WSL, that I, I you know I imagine a lot of the bookies and journalists or probably tip blues to be favourites next year to win the league or certainly in that top three again. Mm. Uh, so it's, I think they'll be focused on trying to get a lot more fringe WSL players, um, which they, they've done with a few signings, you know, people like McLaughlin from Villa. And I think they'll focus on trying to sign those kind of players um, who've got some WSL experience just to, just to give them that, that leg up and, and get back into the WSL again. Um, so I think, I feel like she would have been more likely to go last year on that sense, but I don't think Tammy would push for a move, but, if Blues literally came calling, apart from, you know, as Wolves fans, apart from the club itself, but in terms of it being a step up, you obviously couldn't blame her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just got to hope that um, she, she wouldn't want to make that move. But it's, it, uh, yeah, I feel like it's something that would only, there'd be a discussion. She, she'd, she'd be very tempted by it if the offer came in for her. But otherwise, I don't think she'll push the move. Okay. So uh, you've got to put your money where your mouth is, gents. First game of the season. Tammy George, Wolves player or not Wolves player? Tom? Wolves player. Matt? Wolves player. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. bit of confidence there. Um, and just one sort of looking forward to the long term. Um, H is, you know, sort of, you know, she's what, get another seasoned professional there. Um, 
is do we think KJ is going to be her long term understudy and sort of whenever K, whenever H comes off, we'll see KJ coming on basically to replace her, Matt? Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably slightly different players, aren't they? In terms of physicality and um, you know the way H can ping the ball around the pitch and stuff like that, and I think KJ will drive forward with it a bit more. But it's, uh, I think, in terms of the, the obvious older player and younger player and naturally playing more minutes there. I think, I think definitely in that sense, and um, we barely saw KJ play midfield this year, obviously, and it is a more natural position that she's used to. So. I think in that sense, yes, I think we'll see her there because we're now going to get some more quality in at centre-back and we hope at uh, right-back as well. So we don't need to see KJ kind of played out of position. Mm. Um, although I, I did think she did a fine job there in those positions, you know, and um, before Kelly was in, you kept Kelly out of that team near the start of the season. So KJ's done well in that respect. But yeah, I think you'll see her come on the bench for H in that sense, yeah, but not necessarily like Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we all agree. Grace Gregory needs some more game time, but is that first eleven, Tom, or do you want her to go out and get that loan spell? Again, I don't. We've not really seen much of her ever, so um, only Maka can judge. Um, but you know, if she's not going to get regular game time, then you would want to see her go out again on loan and get more experience because you know she's not going to. Um, learn much from from being stuck on the bench, or you know, at some at points not even being in the squad. So, um, yeah, tier four possible loan there again, maybe Kelsey, Leafield, somewhere like that, and yeah, get get more experience, and we'll assess her from there. Okay, looking at the front lineup, um, we've obviously got Beth Merrick, Destiny, Amber, Mazzy G, Ali, Jade Cross, plus the youngsters Amy Hare and Sky Owen, um. But first, I'll just discuss Maz Taho, who obviously left during the season and was never really replaced, was she, Matt? No, again, not in a like-for-like like kind of way in that she, you know, she was a big player who held the ball up nicely. Um, it kind of probably didn't get the credit she deserved in the time, you know, the, the few minutes that she got in that when she played, the way she held that ball up brought into play without getting the goals herself. Mm. I think she's got. I think she scored a couple of hat tricks against James Carl since she. But um, aside from that, you know, she she did bring a lot more to the team in the few minutes she got. And I think we saw her play well against Loughborough. I think it was in February. We were we were quite hopeful she was going to get a lot more game time after that. And it was correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been after that game then that she was announced as leaving, or certainly not long after. So um, no, yeah, not good. yeah. So not not replaced. Uh, not replaced like for like. Um, but I do feel we need another striker. Mm. Uh, I know we've got Amber back now and you've got Jade that, that, that was in good form second half of the year but I, I do think it's it's just one of those positions that I feel if you're being ambitious you just you try to get as much quality in that position as much as you can don't you and I feel like we should be aiming to do that Yeah definitely well certainly that's a, an interesting point there I mean obviously Tom we can play a sort of a, a, a range of uh, formations almost we can play you know, with a three front, across the top with you know, sort of Beth Amber Destiny, or we can go with a straight sort of two up top um, with you know Amber and Maz um, as you as you want as you know, two strikers. That does help us, doesn't it? That versatility across that front line, Tom. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, you can as say if it's not working in a game as well. Mac has got the option to to change it up, um, so it gives you that option. And and I echo just what what Matt has just said that we you know we need to be adding quality. And I think, you know, if you're going to be challenging and you want to get into the um, to the championship, you've got to be ruthless. And, you know, I think that, you know, when we lost Amber, she was a big loss for us. And, you know, you if you lose a player like that, you need somebody to step up. And, and Jade done it well. Um, but, you know, you, you always want that bit of extra quality there. And I think that Maka will be looking at, at the front roles and, and hopefully bringing some more... Um, quality players in there to keep the competition up, up front going as well because you know we lost out this year on goal difference and I think you know we'll be wanting more goals next season and you know getting more options off the bench quality players in who can come off the bench as well if and change the game so yeah yeah I mean how ambitious should we be Matt I, I'm going to chuck another name out there um and this comes from watching the England under seventeens tournament this or the, the European under seventeens tournament this last sort of week or so. Michelle Aggie Aggimang, who's the Arsenal and England under seventeen international. Um she's obviously been on the fringe of the Arsenal team. 
but she's never going to be a, certainly next season won't be a starter. I don't see with um, Viv and Beth Mead hopefully being back by sort of start next season for Arsenal. Then should we go out and sort of say come and play in the, in tier three and try and smash a handful of goals in there? Yeah, and it, 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 it raises a point actually about who kind of initiates those discussions. You know, when we think of people like Josie Smith coming from Everton and. Hayley Hall last year coming from Villa, in, in this case, um, Adjiman with, with Arsenal. Who, who initiates that conversation? Are they approaching us and saying, hello, we want to, we've got a hot prospect here that we want to see how they excel in tier three or not? Um, yeah, I, I I feel in terms of profile of strikers, I'd like a big tall striker now. Mm. I feel like that would be, we've got Jade for pace, who I'd quite like to see coming off the bench more often now, maybe these days. You've got Amber, who just has to start. Maz, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not I was going to come on to Maz in a second. We'll come on to Maz yeah. in a second, yeah. Um, but in terms, yeah, I think profile, the kind of player I think of, and I don't think we'd get her because you'll, he's somebody like Goodwin, who went to Cov at the end of the year. Mm. Big striker, scored a lot of goals for them. So I imagine she'll go to another championship team. I think she's um, permanently with Villa, isn't she? Or she was last year. Yeah. Um, but it's that kind of striker, I think, a big tall one. who can hold the ball of that way, but be a big threat from set pieces as well. And I think that's, Maybe could be partnered with Amber in a four-four-two, or at mm. least come on as an alternative kind of striker. That's that's the profile I'd want. Yeah, that sort of re- almost that sort of replacement for Maz Taho type role, isn't it? Um, Mazzy G, Mazzy G. I mean, not only did we lose Amber at the uh, we also lost Maz G- Maz Gauntlet around the same sort of time, didn't we, Tom? Uh, and we never really got much out of the club about what injury. Maz had and what the problem was, did we? But we've not seen. Well, she's every now and then we see a knocking around, sort of pre, you know, sort of in the warm up around the warm ups around pre matches. We've not seen a huge amount of her since her injury, have we, Tom? No, we haven't. Um, you know, as I say, there's not been no update um, from the club exactly what what happened. Um, and she was a, again an, another big loss um, up front because you know, her physicality up there as well. Um, so I, I really don't know what's happened there. I ain't got a clue what's happened. When, I, when was the last game that we seen about? Was it? Was it Loft? Or... Yeah, no, it was the start of that. Oh, it was the League Cup game, wasn't it? it? Yeah, because the summer went off with an injury, and hers looked worse than Maz. Maz, it looked like cramp to me at the yeah. time, and then we've not seen Maz since then. And I think summer was back the week after. Yeah, yeah. which is it's just an odd one, isn't it? How she vanished. Yeah, and to, to have no update or or whatever, I, I just, we ain't got a clue. I think, I mean, again, that's where you need like better communication from a club regarding injuries. I think, you know, you get it with a men's team, you get updates. So we'd like it as fans to know what's going on and, and have updates in that way. So I think, you know, the communication in that respect has got to be, I think, improved next season, if I'm honest. Go on, Matt. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's where for me, you know, the, the alarm bells start coming when you've got players that we don't even really see. I I, I think I vaguely remember, I think it might have been in, in an interview you did with him, Tom. Um, Mac is still saying she was injured near the end of the year. So mm. we got some confirmation in, in that sense that she was still injured. But other than that, we didn't really get anything. And I can't remember Maz really coming to or being there at many of the games. So it's uh, they're kind of the ones where you think maybe they're going to move on for whatever reason. Um, same with one or two of the centre backs that, that we just don't see as often. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if she's if she's played the last game. No, I I I think unfortunately I think you're right, Matt. I think she it, she she will have played the last game. Um, quality player, quality player, excellent hold up of the ball, and will always have that goal in the County Cup final against West Brom, where she not only stuck it in 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 the back of the net, but she also stuck it to the West Brom fans. Um. Well, that, we'll wait and see. I mean, this, as you say, this come as you say, Tom. This comes back to comms, um, but also that retain list, or at least that release list, however they want to describe it, um, will be really useful. Um, moving on to the youngsters, um, starting with Sky Owen, um, absolutely smashed out of the park at Sporting Calsa. Um in their end of season award. She was given the unique player award uh, in their end of season awards. Um, and I know she was playing midfield as well at one point, not just striker. Um, so I think she's obviously, Matt, really benefited from that loan spell, hasn't she? Um, getting out and getting first-team football. 
yeah, absolutely. We've we've said about these loans and what success they can bring and, and what it did for KJ last year as well. And I think if we're talking about depth in those four positions, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't sign a striker, but she is she does become in the first team and does become our depth. Mm. Uh, I didn't realise about playing midfield, what was she playing like number ten role or yeah, Palsa just mentioned I I I tweeted out via the pod that something about her playing up front being up front. I think it was in the Carrots Cup final and they, they replied to go, No, she's actually in midfield this time. Um, oh, wow. it was yeah. just a numerical order or formation order. It was um numerical order they put her in or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrasing. But yeah, so she's been she's adapting, um, which I think says a lot about her as well from a footballing perspective. Obviously, we know her very much as a as a striker, but having played, you know, come on against Loughborough for us. Um, she, she's got a lot of swagger as well for a young player, you know. To and that's that's half the job, I think. You need the ability as well, but that's half the job if you've got that confidence in your own ability and you use it in the right way. And she she's clearly doing that with 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 the output that she's got at, at Calcio in Tier Four. Yeah, I can't remember how many goals she got in the end, but noting she wasn't playing just as the as the straight number nine because they had um, I can't remember who they got who Calcio got up front, but they had a really good striker as well up front who they signed. Last, uh, at the start of last season, he was banging them in for them fairly regularly. Um, but Kalsa did well. Kalsa finished top three or four last season. I think that's, you know, so good, really good experience for her. Um, Tom, obviously, we also have a, Amy Hare, who's been knocking around the first team as well. And is a, another one who gets mentioned by Macca, and, you know, when he's talking about the good reserve players that we've got. Another, se- you know, is she another one you think who needs that sort of first team experience out on loan? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, as I said, you know, for not going to be a part of the of the team or or or, or getting regular game time with Wolves, then you know you, you need to send them out on loan and, and you needed to get them experience. And you know, ultimately, KJ was in the same position as as what these are, are in now before before she went out on loan, and it, and it's worked for her. And now she's come back in. And you know she she's adapted and 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 fit fitted into his team nicely. So, you know, yeah, maybe get the get um her out on our Amy out on loan and and give her the experience and you know assess her. You know, you can always recall him back. I think as well. And mm. and again with Sky, you know, I'd probably give um Sky a chance. Um, to be honest, at the beginning of the season and see how she does and either off the bench, bring her on. That's 10, 15 minutes. How she does, and if it don't work and if she's not ready yet to be in the team. You, you can always again assess it and and send her back on loan and, and to improve even more. So, yeah, I think loans loans are going to help help these youngsters. Now, I mean that's a really interesting point you say there about Tom. You say Tom there about Sky is having her for the certain that first half of the season up till sort of January time, um, especially when we're going to play quite a few cup games in that sort of November December time as well. Um, you know, gives her that bit of chance. Yeah, but obviously that's a little way away, but. We've got that, have plenty of fixtures around then that she can actually cut her teeth in the, around the first team. And if she's not getting the game time, then yeah, that we can look to loan her. And there'll be tier four clubs crying out for a striker in come January time because they'll be they'll know what 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 where they are in that season, whether they're fighting against relegation, need some goals, or whether they're chasing down promotion and want somebody up up top just to help them sort of finish off the season. Um, so sort of looking sort of back through, so obviously we sort of. We're fairly comfortable with sort of the majority of the squad, which is like a, a, a new right back, um, some more midfield depth and, and a 20 goal a season striker. I think that's that sums it up, isn't it right, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, we, we talk about the positions, don't we? And where we've seen where we've attracted players dropping down from Cobb United in the past. Even some of those positions where we say we don't need more depth. If you're able to get that quality from the championship and it's in a position that's not necessarily needed, you take it. You know what I mean? So we, we, which has worked for us in the past in some positions. So somebody said, I mean, maybe not left back, but if if somebody said striker, even though you've already got Amber, you bring them in, don't you? And you play the two of them together, even if that means you've got to change formation and and and, and squeeze somebody else out of the team. If you get that quality, if you've got championship level players in your team, it's going to give us the best shot of promotion. Yeah. So no pressure at all there on Macca and Jenna from from ourselves there. Um. Talking formation, then Tom. I, I presume your are your is your view sort of still sort of four three three sort of that what we were seeing majority of sort of the back end of last season. Yeah, um, I think Malaby's default uh, four at the back. Um, you know, with um, Beth left back bringing a dedicated right back to push Emma, 
and you know you get that opportunity in games um, or in certain games if it's not working to to adapt and go with a back five. So for me, I think he will, he will want to start most of the games with a back four, maybe change it to a back five for certain games, what we come up against if needed. But yeah, I think his Macca's default way of playing this, this year will be four, four at the back. And then f- f- Matt, three, three across the midfield with the top three of Beth Merrick and Amber Hughes and Destiny Toussaint. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think the default is the four. But again, if we were to sign a top striker to go with Amber, and then you've still got Tammy in there, and Beth in there, and, and and Beth Roberts who could easily play as a left wing back rather than a than a left back. I, I think he'd be tempted by that too. I think it all depends on who we keep and anyone that we sign and the best formation to fit those. But yeah, I think the four is the default. But if it works with a three and that becomes our default, then I'm not complaining either. No, it, well, it's, it's a nice challenge to have, isn't it, for Maka, you know, to have that sort of flexibility to ch- pick and choose which formation, which players. And it also gives a bit of a threat to other teams because they won't know exactly which team, which what lineup and what players will, will put out. I mean, there is an argument for consistency of players playing week in, week out. They know their roles, they know their positions, but actually having that ability to flex causes uh, makes it more difficult for other teams to pick, to plan against us, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, as he says, you know, you can change it up, you can, you know, go five at the back, you can put two up front, you can you know, and it gives problems for opposition um scouts or analysts, whatever you call them, um, who are gonna be watching us at games and, you know, trying to plan for their game when we face them. So yeah, to have that option and, and for the opposition to not really know where how you're gonna start and it's always great to see. You know, but if you've got that flexibility and you can adapt into different formations and you need that at times, um, you know, especially when, you know, you've got some crucial games at the top of the table uh, against them. So you need to be able to adapt at times. You can't just, it's like, um, I think when we went to um, Burnley um, away at the end of last season um, and, you know, I, feel, I remember a, a comment what Maka says that, you know, you don't just come here. Uh, to Burnley and play your own game, you have to adapt. And I think at games like that, you do. You do have to adapt and, and change the way you set up to, to try and stop the opposition at times. So, yeah, it's it's great to have a flexibility where we can we can swap formations and we can, you've got players who can fit in different positions on the field as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Matt, anything from yourself on that? No, I fully agree. It's we, we quite often talk about it, whether it's the men, women, any club, isn't it, about what is your formation? But really, it's it's what... I feel like it goes back to the men with the Nuno days where it was that was our formation, regardless of who we played, and you come and play us in that way. And, mm. and, and, and the women seem to kind of copy that and did the whole back three thing as well. It seems to be integrated in the whole wall setup. And I think these days, it's what works for the team and, and what works for that individual match. And, like Tom said there, they, they changed things and they were brave in that Burnley game and, and, it, and it worked in that individual match. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely that. And I think that's really important to point to note that we, we did adapt and we played something we, well, we've not really seen them play so four 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 two in that sort of traditional sense that much when they did do that. So I think that's really, that is a real benefit of this team. And um, whilst we expect four three three, they can do, um, I can change that around. Um, Moving on to the reserves, then. I mean, obviously, they didn't have as great seasons we, you know, as we would have hoped. Um, I don't think that's a criticism of the, the managers. That's more to do with the the nature of the reserves league. I mean, sort of. I mean, we've touched on about the sort of some of those key players needing to get first team football that we've sort of the, the likes of Sky, Amy. Um, but I think that is going to be the key, isn't it? There's got to be a lot. You know, any of those sort of best players sort of need to be going out, getting first team football, and we're not almost pushing. The under sixteens into the into the reserves, excepting they might well get battered for a couple of for a season, but actually it's good experience for them, so they they develop. What's what's your thoughts, Matt, on reserves football? Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before. It's it, it's the bigger picture, isn't it? it? I don't think anybody really minds too much how the reserves do competitively mm. within within that league, especially when you've not necessarily got the the carrot of promotions and all sorts to get to the to, to the top and things. So it's We've seen the success with KJ. We're fairly confident Sky's going to be in and around that first team next year based on what she's done this year. I'm sure there'll be another success story next year with somebody going to Tier 4. So that's the success. That's that's where the you know the rewards are, are coming from. And 
that the biggest thing is finding some gems from the reserves that can break into the first team rather than have the reserves won their league. And that that, that goes across. I, I think we've seen that quite a lot in, in football in general, where reserves teams have suddenly started playing really well one week and really bad the next week because those players might have broke into the first team for a game, for a cup game or something. And that's more important than getting that first team experience, whether it's with Wolves or elsewhere, rather than have they beat a random team 10-0. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I mean, here's a different, different, slightly different question. Would it make more sense, rather than entering the FA Women's National League Reserves Division, would it make more sense for them to enter the West Midlands League? And sort of, yes, they would start at the bottom of that pile, playing the likes of Chelmsley Colts week in, week out for a couple of seasons. But would that be, give them better experience in playing reserve football? Tom? Maybe. Um, maybe, but for me, um, I would like the, them to go to tier four. Some players uh, who are there now, and as you say, bring me under 16 through. Um, because you know, you want it. We've, we spoke about it before. Reserve football isn't about winning, it isn't about winning the league, it's about progression and it's about bringing players through, whether it's and making them a first team player, whether it's first team with Wolves or first team at, at another team elsewhere. And um, for me, I think you know, a perfect um league for them to grow is tier five tier four area um you know and we've seen the successes of what that can bring with kj um i don't think the reserve league currently um what they're in there does anything to progress players i think you can only do so much um and then it kind of halts for progression um in a way and you, you kind of do need that revamp in in, in reserve football as well whether you know whether that is with WSL, if we can get to the championship and then hopefully, you know, we, we can put the reserves in the WSL Reserve League or something like that because it's just not, the reserve football in that league, it's, it's just not helping the players and you want to see players progress and the only way you're going to do that at the minute is just send them out to, to Tier 4 and Tier 5 and let them get first team opportunities and I think that's the way to go forward. And as you say, you know, if you bring me under 16s into the reserves, I might get battered. For a, a few, a few for a season or so, but the, the experience that they'll get, and then you know they'll be ready in a in a couple of seasons' time to then go out and tier four and progress even further. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think you make an interesting point there, though, Tom, about the fact that the the academy status Wolves need. I personally, and I appreciate your view, Matt and Tom, on this. Wolves need to look towards getting their, their sort of WSL academy status. They, I can't remember the exact phraseology, what it's called now, but the, the, the level one academy status for our women's set up, for our girls set up, so that therefore we can challenge the, the, the other teams in the round of the, the West Midlands and get the best girls in the West Midlands to, to feed into our setup. I mean, that's the that's got to be the driver, hasn't it, Matt? Yeah, was that the licence that we missed out on last year? Um, we didn't apply. Uh, yeah, it was. It's part and parcel of it. You had the ETC, the RTC stopped yeah. existing and became ETCs, and uh, we didn't get an RTC. Or we didn't get an ETC for some reason. Well, then teams like West Brom did, didn't they? It was, mm. That was uh, like many things at Wolves in general was a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, um, yeah. I've never um, been properly explained either by the club. Going back to Com's piece here, there's a really good story there about what a really interesting story there about, about what we're doing about developing girls' football. Noting. Jeff, Jeff Shee's comments a year ago. Um, uh, yeah, the the academy states they announced it about a month ago that it's sort of all the pretty much all the prim, all the WSL teams bar West Ham and, and Reading I think have got Tier One academy and sort of all the Championship teams plus West Ham and Reading have got Tier Two academy I think it is and it's all about the number of teams they have sort of or number of age groups they have competing um, reserves plus under 16s I think is most of them you know sort of under 23s and res- it's just that competition. It's that next level of competition. It's that sort of equivalent of being a, a level one men's boys academy or whatever, whichever way around they did the ranking. It's that top level academy status which we need to, if we're going to be competing with the likes of Villa in the in the Midlands area for for the best young players, isn't it? Tom, Matt. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, as I said, 
you know, risk reserve league can only do so much. So you want to be in that WSL. You want to be competing against the likes of Blues Academy and the likes of Villa Academy. And, you know, that's where you'll see, you know, better players, what, what you'll come up against. And you'll learn more from that as well by facing some of these because obviously Villa have, Villa have got some great young players in their academy and they've, they've got players in their academy who are going to be pushing, hopefully, to get into their first team as well. So, you know, it'll only... The, the quality in there is a lot, lot better, isn't it, than what is in the Reserve League, what ultimately we are in. So, yeah, if, if we get there, which hopefully we will, whether it's this season or next season, um, hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. And, you know, that will also progress, help progress um, our youngsters and, you know, help them to get into first team. No, definitely. Well, that brings us to the end of this this one. Um We'll obviously come back in a week or so's time just to t- chat about the, uh, the the off the field stuff. Um, but thank you very much for your time uh, and listening. Uh, Matt, anything else from yourself? No, oh, thanks for listening. Tom, anything from yourself? No, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, please do follow us on all your social media. Please do give us a five-star review. And we'll see you next time. Up the mighty wall. Mm-hmm.